you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Life podcast on this beautiful Friday afternoon. I'm your host, James Coe. Joined alongside by the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. What's up, man? Not too much. A beautiful Friday indeed. It's crazy how nice it is in it's LA. Super nice right now. It's absurd. We got MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's going on? It's Friday. Yay! Yay! Uh, West Virginia's finest, the expert at wide receiver prognostications. Mm, I don't know if I can really hold that title realistically. Matthew Harmon, what's up, pal? Hey, uh, what's with Matthew? That's weird. But, uh, uh, Matthew Franciscovich will be joining us a little later on. Thank you, Jimothy Co. <laughs> Jimothy. <laughs> no doubt with uh, no pants on, I'm sure. Uh, we've got a big-time show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about deep sleepers. We'll get you some quick TNF reaction. Uh, we'll get Franchise on the phone as well. And as always, we go through EDG every damn game. But we got a big slate of news, so let's get to oh it. Oh, my God, so much news. News. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the news. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, Carlos Hyde is still dealing with a shoulder issue. He told reporters that there were no setbacks this week. He, today, on Friday, he actually did some contact drills. He was working with the tackling sled. But up until this point, he's been in a non-contact jersey uh, all week. He said, quote, there's a good chance that he plays Sunday on the road versus Arizona. Matthew Harmon, I'll ask you this. Do you trust playing him uh, given the magnitude of the injury and – and all of the accoutrements that go around that. <laughs> this Matthew thing is throwing me off. But, right. uh, no, I, 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 even if Carlos Hyde plays, I'm, one, always nervous about playing skill position players the first week uh, back from their injury anyways. And, two, I think this is going to be just a, a train wreck for San Francisco. They're, taking, they're on the road versus Arizona. Right. It's a terrible matchup. I think Arizona's, what, the uh, fifth worst against fantasy running back, so – yeah, I mean, I and I expect them to build a lead quickly, either with David Johnson or with their receivers, because mm-hmm. San Francisco is not good at either, but they are pretty historically bad against the running backs. So, <laughs> I mean, either way, I think that the, the right. 49ers will be chasing. That's not really a great uh, position for Carlos Hyde to be in anyway. So, I mean, if you have him... It's, it's going to be tough sledding regardless. You know, it's funny, though, because Chip Kelly has done right by fantasy managers in that he'll get his his lead guy work even in a blowout. It mm-hmm. doesn't even matter. That's what's so funny about it. And that's what we've actually seen with Carlos Hyde is that even if even if the games have been, you know, train wrecks, it doesn't matter. Carlos Hyde filling it up uh, in the box score through garbage time, but we'll see. All right, Doug Martin was back at practice Thursday, but I think he was ruled out. Uh, of his game this week he's been gone since week two he's been gone since week two he did individual drills wednesday limited participation thursday but uh the team ruled him out today versus chicago did that just come through i came through about an hour ago 
Oh, interesting. It's terrible. <laughs> He's missed two months, Alex Gilhar. I'm a, I'm aware. And yeah. had he had he started, it would have been a decent spot to uh, to to put him in there. Uh, but now I guess it's going to be back to Peyton Barber. Mm. I so, mean, what's more treacherous at this point, being a Tampa Bay running back or a Cleveland quarterback? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, ooh, I mean, yeah. Peyton Barber's literally what? Their fifth string guy? Both yep. deserve hazard pay. Oh, boy. Uh, Mike Evans has been cleared from the concussion protocol. Speaking of Tampa Bay, obviously he's in a very good spot as well. You're playing him. All right, Deion Lewis returned to practice, and according to beat reporter Jeff Howe, uh, Lewis is actually on track to play Sunday versus the Seahawks. Do you deploy him on Sunday? MG. I, you know, I am leaning toward giving him a flex spot this Woo! week. And I've, I've seen the conversation. I've seen the conversation on Twitter going back and forth. I know Harmon, Spicy, you were involved. Uh, Rich Rebar was was talking a lot about it uh, this morning. Um, and I understand all the concerns. I mean, yes. we are we are absolutely speculating on what his role in this offense is going to be. Right. And I know that you know, one of the the concerns was the fact that there's so many weapons there, and he's not guaranteed to get touches, but. I do think that you know, if past this prologue, then there is there is room for him to go out and be productive. We know what his ability is, we know what his skill set is, and we know how they have used him in the past. And so, you know, if you're leaning on him to be your RB one or two, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But I think if you're looking at a flex play, this is a guy who will catch some passes for you, can find a way to score touchdowns outside of the red zone, true, um, and can give you a sneaky eight points, eight nine points this week. I mean, it's. Admittedly, not a lot. It's not a huge number, um, but I do think you know if you waited on him all this long, or you <laughs> snatched him off the waiver wire a couple of weeks ago, then right. I think it's worth giving him a shot in your lineup. Here's here's my worry, and let me preface this by saying that nobody stumped for Dion Lewis harder last year than, than me as a as a preseason viable guy, as somebody that was a league winning RB one, regardless of all these mysterious, you know, Bellatrix or whatever the hell you people like to call it. Right, right. I and I say that, but I'm I'm completely I have no uh, let's just be honest with the fact that we're completely assuming anything with Deion Lewis mm-hmm. this week and even going forward to be honest with you I like the way you mentioned Rich Rebar I like the way he said it he's like sorry guys I already spent all my injury optimism points on Jamal Charles this year and we saw how ah. that worked out so I mean that is that is one thing we don't really know what kind of shape he's going to be in when he comes back also this Patriots offense is just different now than it was back then I mean there are just there's the two tight ends there's Julian Edelman still getting targets James White has played well and Maybe he still figures in. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I don't know when I became like an incredibly skeptical person. But because that's not really the way I've been with fantasy in the past. But I think that it's this, the smartest thing in this situation is to be like, we don't really know what we're going to see. He's got great matchups coming up. Deion Lewis does. I think they take on the Niners next week. Yep. Uh, so obviously you're going to play him there. But uh, again, I think I'm kind of with Harmon on this one. Uh, it's a different style of offense. I think LeGarrette Blunt has certainly played well enough uh, that he earns a, a vast majority of the snaps. Again, they're playing the Seahawks anyways. I mean, it's going to be tough sledding no matter what. I, I 100% advocate the ad. There's no question you should 100% add Deion Lewis. I just, oh, man, I can't play him this week, at least not in my mind. All right, Deshaun Jackson ruled out. Doesn't really matter. You weren't going to play him anyway. I think he was doubtful officially, but basically out. Yeah, uh, he's not going to. Let's just. I think he's not going to play. Let's approach it that way. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson, regardless, uh, you weren't. I don't think you were going to play him. No, uh, Minnesota. I, it wasn't going to happen. So there you go. If you if you were holding on hope, I, I think you could pr- probably bench him for this week. All right, Jarvis Landry hurt his shoulder Wednesday. He sat out of practice Thursday. He's 
very confident that he's going to play on Sunday. Adam Gay said he's day to day, but obviously you got to keep an eye. By the way, can I ask, what, like, what is up with shoulders this year? I feel like there's been more shoulder injuries in the NFL this year than I than I've ever remembered seeing. It's like it's craziness. It's a fair point. There have been a lot of lot, you've heard AC joint sprain a lot more this year than in any year past. I feel as well, but that's just one of those things. I I mean I have no empirical evidence of this. This is just my own speculation. Yes, but I think as the league. Uh, is a lot more stringent about using the helmet as a weapon or the helmet to lead with. I think you mm-hmm. have a lot more guys potentially leading with shoulders and, and jamming and hurting. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, this is just my own speculation. I have no proof of anything. It's just a guess. I like it, though. Jarvis Landry taking on San Diego in San Diego. It sounds like he will be good to go. But, again, you got to keep a close eye on that injury report. All right, Tevin Coleman. Was he ruled out? He, he is out. He was ruled out. As was Tammy. Tevin Coleman's got that hammy. He was ruled out. He's missed a, a couple of games already. It looks like he's going to miss his third. Uh, he hasn't practiced pretty much at all uh, this week. He was doing some light running on the side. Jacob Tammy also uh, going to be out of that game. Austin Hooper is an interesting play. He had 46 yards and a touchdown uh, in that last week, for those of you desperate for a tight end play. All right, Randall Cobb, let's go to Green Bay. <clears throat> Randall Cobb was limited in practice this week but was a full go. I think on Friday today, uh, he is expected to have a full complement of snaps. The, the coaching staff there believes that he will be good to go on Sunday against Tennessee. Uh, I'll ask you, Alex Gelhar, our resident Packers expert. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Homer, not expert. That's the official title. Uh, optimistic about what he's got on paper against Tennessee? Uh, this is the same kind of thing like Harmon was preaching with Deion Lewis where, well, I would not be surprised at all if Starks came in and saw 15 touches, 10 to 15 touches. I also wouldn't be surprised. I mean, nothing surprises me with Mike McCarthy these days because mm. I don't know what the hell's going on there. But long term, I think Starks is going to become the, the featured back here. That We've seen him do it before, get a full complement of touches when Eddie Lacy was out. And as nice of a matchup as Ty Montgomery presents coming out of the backfield, having him run, you know, 40 snaps out of the backfield a game does not feel sustainable for this team. Uh, and I think Mike McCarthy's a traditionalist and wants to get back to actually being able to run the football with a, a true running back, and uh, and that can help set things up in the past. So I would be I would be concerned about Montgomery moving forward, losing some of that backfield role. Right. Uh, that was what really buoyed him for a couple weeks there. I wrote today in news and notes that uh, I think I don't think Ty Montgomery's trade value can be any higher. In uh, in two major fantasy outlets, they've got him listed as an, a running back. Uh, it, that boosts his trade value as well. Uh, if you can move him and get a top 20-ish yeah. wide receiver back, which I think is a doable deal. I'm, I, I When you wrote, I didn't, hadn't thought of that, but when I was reading it, editing news and notes this morning, which is good, you guys can read it at uh, slash fantasy in the app or NFL.com slash co. I was like, that's a very good point because if this does, as we kind of expect, shift where he loses some of that running back work, he's just going to become like a safe floor flex guy who you're hoping gets in the end zone, but – with Roberts, uh, Roberts, Rogers' preference of throwing to Nelson and Cobb in the red zone, like that, uh, and Devontae Adams' emergence, right. tar- targets and uh, valuable ones are going to be hard to come by. There you go. Do, do I mean? Do we really expect it to change that much? Like, is there any reason to expect it? I just uh, think- other than, I mean, I mean, because Mike McCarthy has called him a running back. Aaron Rodgers has called him a running back. Right. I mean, we're not calling him a running back on our on our game, <laughs> but uh, and that's a tired old subject. Right. But 
I don't see any reason why they're just going to suddenly not do it when it's worked. I mean, the only thing that would concern me with Montgomery going forward is the sickle cell thing and whether they're going to keep – like last week they really eased they him in. kept him on a pitch count. You know, are they going to do that going forward? That would be the only thing that would concern me. But I don't see any reason why they're going to take away backfield work from him. Gosh, well, I mean, Mike McCarthy's trusted James Starks in a in a pretty, I mean, obviously a limited way, but they've given him work. Stark sucks, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's, like, just I mean, not a but I think, Harmon player. dropping I think, hammers on people. I think the reason it changes is because this wasn't, this wasn't the plan. Yeah. You know, this this was this was an emergency situation that they had to rush Ty Montgomery into the running back position. Um, you know, it it is the same as if you had to play an emergency quarterback, and you know, maybe he gives you some production. This isn't what you want. This is this is the way you want to build your offense. True, but at the same time, and maybe they're just not smart. But to me, it, that it would, could very well be right, and that that could very well be the case. That could be the X factor here. But to me. They, they've played their best offense doing things that way. You would think that if they would like to continue to win games and score points that they would do that. So, I don't know. I think there are layers of assumptions in both sides. But it's true. I, I would be on the side that I think that they continue to use him as a running back and that, that we see him as like a theoretic role. For, for the forward. record, I wasn't saying they abandoned that completely. Right. I would just expect where Montgomery over the last four weeks has led all players in backfield snaps for the right. Packers – more I would expect that to switch to Starks, right. yeah, or even sure. like a sixty forty kind of thing. Which you know those those games where the Packers where Montgomery was so good, like against the Falcons and stuff, is he was back there like the entire game, right. right? So if you cut that in half or in third, and then you're trying, you're hoping he gets all of the targets coming out of the backfield, or relying on him to get true wide receiver targets, that's gonna that's gonna decrease his value. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know. I I, I agree with both sides in that. Uh, I think Ty Montgomery is their best option in the backfield, but I just know coaches, right? I, I mean, coaches just love to go back to what they know, yeah. and they know James Starks is running back. So and, and if they do get into games where they have a lead, they're going to want to salt away a lead with a guy like Starks who's done it before That's and true. is a more you know natural running back, although Ty Montgomery has proven very well. But yes. you, you want to be hammering like the six-foot, 200-whatever-pound Starks in there and not, right. not Montgomery. We'll see about ball security too, though. That that will be uh, play a major factor, I believe, in who has the backfield share moving forward. All right, Lamar Miller, speaking of running backs, still recovering from, guess what, a shoulder injury. He was a limited participant in practice Thursday. He's expected to get a full load Sunday on the road versus Jacksonville, though. So there you go. You can play him with some confidence. I mean, obviously with those shoulder issues are a little tricky in that, you know, if he sustains a, a big-time hit, maybe he re-aggravates the injury, but I, I don't know. At, at this point, that's kind of a, a risk factor you're going to have to play with. Jeremy Macklin uh, has been ruled out as well with the groin injury. Uh, he's taken on, uh, or the Chiefs rather, are taking on Carolina. It's a great paper matchup for their wide receivers. And it's funny, on Twitter today, I wrote that I really, I really prefer Chris Conley. A bigger guy, six two. He's he's got unbelievable athleticism, four three four forty, and a forty five inch vertical. Just something stupid. He's a great athlete. He's a, fr- he's a freak show. He's an absolute freak show. Uh, and he played on eighty eight percent of the snaps for Kansas City last year or last week rather, which led all Kansas City wide receivers. You would think that the opportunity is going to be there, and I felt super confident about it. And then somebody on Twitter hit me with this cold ice water bath. It's funny that Jeremy Macklin doesn't do anything, and yet fantasy analysts are excited about this matchup, which is 
which is true, <laughs> which is fair. But I think Tyreek Hill and Albert Wilson will also get uh, some love on the waiver wire this week. Yeah, I don't know. This this concerns me. Like you noted in news and notes as well, like your optimism for Conley was like, oh, the team leader only had eight targets and that could flip his way. But it's like, well, great. Like this, this <laughs> offense spreads the ball around better than pretty much any other one. It does. And that just kills all fantasy pass catchers on it. I could, t- I could see either any one of those three catching a deep ball. Oh, yeah. For touch? Yeah, I think it's a total dice roll. Yeah, I like it, though. Let's go with it. Um, What else we got here? Travis Benjamin missed practice Wednesday and Thursday. He sounds pretty doubtful. Meanwhile, Tyrell Williams and Hunter Henry, they both did practice. It sounds like they will be good to go. We talked about Jacob Tammy, Austin Hooper. Like I said, uh, pretty good athlete if you want to roll out uh, a high, you know, high-end tight end play. I don't want to say high-end. What am I trying to say here? High ceiling. Guy at the tight end position. Ladarius Green, oh, by the way, practice with the first team. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. Uh, he practiced with the first team uh, this and week. He's expected to play on Sunday. Marcus Wheaton and DHB have already been ruled out, too, so Ooh. they are going to need other people to catch passes. Although I saw something crazy. like I think uh, since Le'Veon Bell came back, only like two wide receivers have more targets than him or something in that span. I don't Antonio remember, Brown and somebody else? I don't remember the specifics. Like Mike Evans, uh, probably, but... So they'll, they'll need somebody to step up. It'd be cool to see him get in there and do stuff, but we'll see. We will see. All right. Uh, very quickly, let's talk about the debacle that was Thursday Night Football. Debacle. Are we, are, are we done? Are we done now? <laughs> oh, all right, man. Moving on. <laughs> are, we, are we done now? Uh, it was. No, there's some stuff to talk about. I mean, yeah, it was it was an ugly game. I yeah, mean, like what the heck is a Seth DeValve? I didn't. Who what is, is dude, that? Guy? Seth DeValve. What? Is a guy, I believe he's from Princeton. He's from Princeton. I only know that because I looked a, it up this morning. He's yeah. a big-time athlete, and he was he? super productive there. Yeah, he's like a big – I mean, he's like in the same mold as like a Gary Barnage type of player. But – I mean, when I first saw the play, I was like, oh, Gary Bar- – wait, what? Yeah. Who? Nope. Seth DeVal. He's an interesting player to, to monitor. And I then mean, Darren he, Waller caught another – I mean, it's like, what? who are these guys catching balls? It was the night of inconsequential tight ends, which I am so here for as a as – a, <laughs> What are you as just, talking about? Because it's just funny because people freak oh, out man. about it, and I love chaos. And Terrell Pryor didn't do very much of anything. Coleman definitely didn't do very much of anything. Mm. Uh, I think – I mean, really, honestly, who, who was – I mean, it was Triple S – it was the yeah, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There was there the was, running backs did nothing. I mean, look, if you started the Ravens defense, you were happy. Hey, I guess hey. if you took a chance to start Joe Flacco, you were happy. Future Hall, Hall of Famer Kenneth Dixon had a decent night. What did oh he do? Oh my god, he had like thirty some yards rushing and forty two receiving. I think that's he, not bad. He caught five. He caught five yeah, passes. Five You'll passes. take that. I, I just wanted to say it oh, to, okay. to you know royal up the ire of Harmon over <laughs> Well, some, somehow, Gelhar this morning was was tweeting about Kenneth Dixon, of course, of cla- course. classic move, yeah. uh, and then I somebody tagged me in it and said, you know, Matt Harmon's just deleted his Twitter, and I said, I can't wait for those big scores in my points for looking good league. To be fair, he did have 10 points in PPR yeah. last night, and- but, and then Gelhar tweeted me back a, a graphic of the, of the, 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 production last night said look at the numbers <laughs> you know and i'm like i don't think you tweeting me a, a something that shows terrence west getting 21 carries and kenneth dixon getting six nothing with them doesn't matter i don't but that's my point is not like i don't even care if terrence west isn't good anymore i'm still waiting on a good reason to give a damn about whether well, kenneth dixon looks good that's all in my original tweet was this is something to monitor because he looked good in the passing game he looked good in the ground game 
And if we start hearing this drumbeat again through this this coming week of like, oh, we need to give Kenneth Dixon even more work, then like he'll have flex consideration in PPR. I was not I guess, but it's a trash offense. It's not great. It's not so great, like Bob. even if he becomes the lead back, I'm st- again still waiting on a good reason to care. Well, if he's getting five catches a game for PPR, that's that's pretty that's something. Pretty By the way, this is this is more proof that PPR is stupid. <laughs> Come on! I mean, like you just said, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, double digit points. PPR are stupid. All right, I don't, yeah. I don't totally. Do. You know, he's not the only one getting that bump. I mean, it just, it, it doesn't. That doesn't make it less stupid. Whatever. It's I don't stupid. disagree. Let's, we stupid. don't need to. Unilaterally. Not, I don't, you, you, you old people and your, your, your words. I'm not interested. Speaking of old people and words, let's go to the Prepare franchise. <laughs> it's franchise's fiery phone-in of the week. My fire take is that Alfred Morris gets revenge on the Redskins. Revenge! Revenge! That's one of my favorite. Oh, I just love the fact that somebody has to die every single time the franchise gets on the phone. <laughs> uh, we have the franchise on the horn. Franchise, are you ready? Are you wearing pants, my friend? No pants. No pants. Let's go. Let's talk about your lock of the week. Will you? <laughs> no pants. What was that? It's <laughs> a siren. That's the no pants siren. Oh. I'm sitting in a burning room right now. <laughs> I love it. Give me your lock of the week, pal. My lock of the week is uh, Rob Kelly, a.k.a. Fat Rob of the Washington Redskins. And everyone's going to be like, ah, well, he's going up against the Miami Vikings or uh, Minnesota Vikings defense. They're, they're like intimidating and scary and it's a bad matchup and all this crap. You know what? <laughs> I don't care about that stuff because uh, Rob Kelly's a starter labeled starter uh, over Matt Jones by the coach. And over the last three weeks, Minnesota's allowed a combined 4.8 yards per carry on average to opposing running backs and have given up 118.7 rushing yards per game in their last three games to to running backs. That's good. Even Theo Riddick last week, who's not particularly known for his rushing prowess, averaged four yards per carry against the Vikings last week after averaging 3.7 for the season. So mm. even he had success against the Vikings' defense last, last week. And as a team, the Redskins are average, averaging 4.5 yards per carry, seventh in the NFL. I think Kelly's going to get all the volume. Matt Jones was even – there's reports he could be a healthy scratch. So all these wow. early down – all the early down work is going to go to Kelly and the goal line work. So if you got him, fire him up against the Vikings. I don't even – I mean, I don't even know what else to ask you. That sounded like a fire take, man. But give me your bust of the week. Oh, my bust. All right, my bust, my bust of the week is Spencer Ware this week. Look, man, I know we love oh. Spencer Ware. I know, I know. Hold on, hear me out. Look, it's a, it's a matchup thing, okay? He's going against the Panthers, who, yeah, their pass defense is awful, but they're allowing the lowest yards per carry in the NFL, 3.3 yards per carry. And Carolina's allowed just four total touchdowns to running backs all season. And Spencer Ware, though, he gets his – he gets his uh, yardage through the air and on the ground. He's only had three total touchdowns this year, and you need touchdowns to score fantasy points in case you haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> Franchise, give me a sleeper, what? buddy. All right. My sleeper, uh, my sleeper right now is Capri Bibbs of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, buddy. Look, man, we, we heard – after last week's game, he scored on that nice 69-yard touchdown reception. That was nice. And now, you know, Devontae Booker's been struggling. We talked about this on Monday. But listen, they play – the Broncos play the New Orleans Saints, you guys. Let me just give you a week-by-week profile of what the Saints have allowed to opposing running backs. Week one against the Raiders, 
Jalen Richard, Latavius Murray, and Jameez Oluwale all scored touchdowns. Week two, the Giants are trash. We'll just sweep that one under the rug. (laughs) (laughs) Week three, Devonta Freeman had 207 yards, and Kevin Coleman scored three touchdowns against the Saints. Week four, Melvin Gordon scored twice with RB6. Week five is a bye. Week six, uh, Panthers running back Jonathan Stewart, the backup running back, Jonathan Stewart, he scored twice, and lead running back Cam Newton scored once on a rushing (laughs) touchdown. Spencer Ware in week seven had 131 yards and a touchdown with the RB6. Week eight, the Seahawks' awful backfield. Love you, Kristen Michael, but you haven't been producing. Even he scored a touchdown, and CJ Prose has had 100 receiving yards against them. And then last week, frickin' Duan Harris was like a third stringer at 142 yards and a touchdown. So if Capri visits snap count goes up, which there's talk of that happening, oh, I can man. see him really producing as a nice sleeper for fantasy teams this week against the Saints. I am scared to ask you what your fire take of the week is. This has been fire on <laughs> Fire take coming in. All right. Oh, Plus, boy. Running back Peyton Barber is going to be a running back one this week. Whoa. Whoa. He's going to be the RB1? Well, not the RB1, but like a top 10 guy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Here we go. All right. Look, Doug Martin, uh, Doug Martin was back on the practice field this week. Uh, he's now a game-time decision, which is not good news. Not great? Uh, not great. When guys are game-time decisions, they're usually not 100%. Even if he plays, will probably be on a snap count. Uh, he's not going to come right back in after being out for seven years and heal <laughs> the show. Okay, guys? He's not going to do that. <laughs> Peyton Barber's averaging 4.5 yards per carry this season, which is pretty good on his 27 attempts with one rushing touchdown. Uh, and I think that Peyton Barber's going to get a lot of work against the Bears. Boom. So let's go. If you if Peyton Barber's still hanging out in your waiver wire for some reason, go pick him up and start him this week. I'm not scared that Doug Martin's coming back. So that's it. <laughs> Here's my question. Is that annoying or uh, no? It's great. Uh, Here's my question. I, I have one question for you. Did what? you go and buy that for this? No, segment? listen. I bought this. Uh, <laughs> this, this don't break this character. Of, look, we live in Southern California, right? So the the danger of earthquakes is real. I bought this as it's a it's actually a solar powered uh, safety emergency radio that has an alarm and oh a, like a God. blinker on it and all you kinds of are, stuff. You are such a hipster. This is great. It's I a, love it. Uh, I will but say it, that as, as one of the two California natives on this, uh, on this podcast, that if there is a major earthquake, that you, won't, <laughs> you won't need a siren to tell people about it. No, I'm, I'll be at the top of Runyon Canyon with my siren on so that the, the rock the Rock, who will be flying helicopters around, can find oh, me. And I'll oh. think he to save me just like he did in San Andreas. This oh. is oh what my the god, is this is great. Oh. All right, franchise man, we're gonna let you go, brother. You're literally a thousand years old. I do appreciate <laughs> this, though. Thank what? you. I respect having the microphone, the 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 walkie-talkie franchise. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, no, dude, get out of here. Go go continue your cold take the rest of the time. <laughs> All right, later, man. Oh Please? my god.
what was that all about? Those that, keep getting better and they better. Keep getting, I, I don't know how he tops himself every week, but he does. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, when you're great. an artist, you're an artist. Also, uh, for the record, I think the purpose of having the siren on that walkie-talkie is also so if you're, like, buried in rubble, you can play that, and the sound will uh, get out so people can find you. That makes more sense. Not to be like, guys, there's an earthquake. <laughs> it's like, somebody please come help. <laughs> I was going to say, if if, if there, <laughs> there is even a little tremor everybody talks about it around right. here, you won't need to alert everyone. Oh, my God. Do you feel the earthquake? I felt the earthquake. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, let's talk about deep sleepers. How do you follow that up? Well, God, I don't know. should probably just stop. All right. <laughs> let's talk about deep sleepers. Alex Gilhart, give me a deep sleeper. It's a Friday. People, <clears throat> the waiver wires have already run. They're desperate right now. You need a deep sleeper with high upside. Give it to me. Uh, I'm going to go with Eli Rogers, actually. I wrote Ooh. him up. I forget if it was in the pure waiver wire or deep dive, but... He missed a couple games with turf toe, and he missed another game for disciplinary reasons. But in the games where he started, he's been second in wide receiver snaps almost every game for okay. Pittsburgh. As we mentioned earlier, Marcus Wheaton, Darius Hayward, Bay are out. And on top of that, the Dallas secondary just lost Barry Church and I think mm-hmm. Morris Claiborne too. Is Correct. It? Yeah. So they're they're hurting there. They're going to have to shift coverage over to Antonio Brown so he doesn't completely destroy the game. That's going to open up a lot of stuff to Eli Rogers. And on the season, Dallas has allowed 84 receptions to all wide receivers. That's the second most in the league. Mm. So if you're looking for a sneaky play, I mean, he had over 100 yards last week. I think Eli Rogers could continue a nice little run of success here. Uh, by the way, I, w- I did want to clarify. I did I I ruled Doug Martin out, didn't I? You yeah. Did. He's a game time decision. That's why I was like, I, wasn't I was sure getting if I was confused. Official. I was, I confused him with uh, Tevin Coleman, who was ruled out. So unprecedented. Red, jer- red jerseys. I yeah, mean, I it, it happens. Yeah, okay. Say, How did you get your job? I don't know. So I apologize. There you go. Doug Martin is a game time decision. All right, let's go to Matt Harmon. Accepted. Um, give me a sleeper. So we need another siren for this one. <laughs> Bird alert. Albert Wilson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good game with Jeremy Macklin ruled out. Last week, only two receivers, Mike Evans and Robert Woods, had a higher percentage of their team's intended air yards last week. So Mm. Macklin without early in the game last week. Yeah, two snaps. Burt stepped up. I mean, he played 70% of the snaps, which only trailed Chris Conley. Honestly, you know, if I'm being for real, I think that – I could see any of Chris Conley, Albert Wilson, or Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill busting big. And, I mean, Hill obviously has big playability. Conley's just a total animal of an athlete. But Burt has been mostly a slot receiver this year. He's accumulated 73% of his yards from the slot. He's played 76% of his uh, snaps from the slot. So I think that Carolina definitely can be beat by these interior receivers. Uh, they were one of the teams that I profiled in the midseason next-gen stats report as one of the weakest teams against slot receivers. I think this is a pretty good matchup for him. There you go. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, sleeper. I am going to go with Quentin Patton uh, in San Francisco. Homer. It, yeah, exactly. If there's one person I've never heard give a Homer take about their team, <laughs> it's Marcus Grant the 49ers. Um, uh, true. I, I am fully under the belief that waiting on garbage time points is no way to live. But this week, when you're talking about the Cardinals offense, most specifically David Johnson going against that 49ers run defense. Right. I'm using air quotes for defense there. Um, True, he did. This is this is maybe a time you can sort of count on garbage time yards for this team. And we go. saw a lot of it last week against the Saints. The Saints got up early on San Francisco uh, and then you know basically backed off defensively and allowed for Colin Kaepernick to – complete a lot of short and underneath throws. Uh, some of those turned into you know, big run-after-catch yep. plays that turned into touchdowns, but 
We saw a lot of targets and a lot of plays for Quentin Patton later in that game, and I think you're going to see a lot of the same this week. Uh, it also helps that you know recently seeing Colin Kaepernick really talk up Quentin Patton and you know believing that they really have something going, the two of them together. So this is the kind of game where I can see Arizona running out to a really quick lead and the 49ers just kind of throwing the football, sort of trying to get back for most of the second half and Quentin Patton being a beneficiary of that. There you go. I'll give you one. How about Bryce Treggs there in Philadelphia? Homer. <laughs> this is actually a homer take for real. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Treggs went to Cal, folks. All right. uh, oh, oh, by the way, uh, he plays for Philadelphia. Drink. Smallish Cal receivers with great speed. They've never done anything for Philadelphia. Trend. Oh, wow. Trends. That's right. Trends. That was, that was the most horrendous trends right. segment I've ever witnessed. That's not true. I just watched James reach through the wall to pull that out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, listen, Bryce Treggs. No, but really, though, uh, four three four speed. He's very fast. Uh, and Doug Peterson has actually already talked about loving the speed that Bryce Treggs has. And he's talked about wanting to get him more incorporated uh, into the offense. Just in his first game, two catches, four 69 yards. Nice. It's a really nice good. start to his career. It's a very nice start to his career. He's taken on Atlanta. They've given up the second most fantasy points per game uh, to wide receivers. So the matchup is nice. I like what Doug Peterson is starting to say about Bryce Treggs. I love the speed as well. He's the only guy really on that wide receiver core that's got that over-the-top speed. They've got guys that are, are all pretty good. I, I think Jordan Matthews is fine. I think Nelson Aguilar is fine. Doriel Green-Beckham is fine. But none of those guys are burners. And they need one guy to take that top off the de- defense. And that's what we saw last week with Bryce Trex. It wouldn't surprise me at all against Atlanta, uh, him doing the exact same thing and, and putting up a, a pretty nice stat line. Please. Oh, by the way. Yes. Desmond Trufant not going to play in this game either. See you later. I see. But you know what? The funny thing is I don't know if that really matters because Trufant wasn't going to ever guard a guy like Bryce Treggs. Right. But with Jordan Matthews being like almost strictly their slot receiver right now, mm-hmm. I think he probably would have played some snaps outside. Not like he would have tracked him around the field, but he sure, would have sure, run sure. some routes against him. And, and the rest of those corners in Atlanta just can't really compare. I like it. So there you go. Let's do EDG every damn game. Let's start. Kansas City at Carolina. MG, what you got? Uh, Kansas City, Carolina, I'm really kind of keeping an eye on the, the Chiefs wide receivers. And it was something you talked about a little bit earlier. And, you know, the matchup on paper looks really good. Still and it was it was a game where if Jeremy Macklin was playing, you'd feel like, hey, maybe this is the breakout game. Right. That's not going to happen. And as much as I want to be excited about the possibility of a Chiefs receiver, whether it is Albert Wilson, Chris Conley, uh, Hill. You know, Tyreek Hill, all those guys maybe going off, I think what we've seen out of the Chiefs passing game, and I think we all kind of touched on it, is that they have not ever shown an ability, certainly not with Alex Smith at quarterback, to take advantage of those situations. I would almost feel better about a Chiefs receiver here if Nick Foles were playing because Foles seems more likely to push the ball downfield than oh, Alex sure. Smith throwing these you know five-yard dump-offs right. day, uh, game in and game out. So, uh, I mean, I like the opportunity. It just... I guess I wouldn't have the fortitude to actually pull the trigger on putting any of these guys in my lineup this week. Denver at – Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. I want to circle back to that game. I think this is a big, big week for Cam Newton and Kelvin Benjamin. Mm. Big week. Why is that? Just – I wrote about this in the Next Gen Stats column. Big week as in they perform or that they have to perform? No, that they perform. Like, I think Benjamin's a top ten receiver this week. I think Cam Newton is the top quarterback on the week. Wow, Uh, really? And I also think they'll both be super – not heavily played in daily fantasy. So if you're mm-hmm. playing there, 
I think that's a really good stack to uh, to, to to utilize. The is one Kansas one, City's defense bad. One trend that has held up pretty much throughout the season okay. has been that the Chiefs get ripped up by receivers on the left side, on the offensive left side, and in the slot because Marcus Peters pretty much strictly sticks to the defensive left side. Uh-huh. This is what top receivers have done when lined up at left wide receiver this season. Allen Robinson got sixty three percent of his yards there. Dante Moncrief forty four percent of his yards. Michael Thomas ninety three percent of his yards. Amari Cooper seventy three percent of his yards, Antonio Brown, 94% of his yards, okay. DeAndre Hopkins, 63% of his yards. The only guy that didn't like really have a massive – well, all of those guys had, had big games. I mean, they, several of them went over 100 yards. Robinson scored a touchdown. Moncrief scored a touchdown. Like th- That has been something that's held up all year, and Kelvin Benjamin plays 51% of his snaps at the left wide receiver position. So I think that he's been pretty consistent this year. He's yeah. had 70 yards and or a touchdown in all but one game this year, but this one I think he has a top-10 ceiling. Boom, I like it. Denver at New Orleans. Gelhar, give me some info. <clears throat> well, the first thing I think is uh, this is a game to start. I mean, the uh, Saints passing attack, great. We know where the passing attack is going. Playing at in, home. It's good. In uh, Denver, yeah, so that's always good. But both ground games I think could be viable. All four backs. Franchise hinted at Capri Bibbs. Devontae Booker could still be started. And yeah. Tim Hightower and Mark Ingram. So I mentioned this briefly on Monday's podcast, but the Saints have been 50-50 in their run pass split the last two weeks versus 42-58 in favor of the past weeks one through seven. They've averaged 36 rush attempts a game the last two weeks versus just 16 a game in that week one through seven span. Uh, they've outpossessed opposing teams by over 30 minutes in their last two games as well. Interesting. So I think they're going to – they've kind of had an offensive shift in philosophy and they're going to continue to pound the rock. Denver gives up the 13th most yards per carry in the league with uh, 4.232 yards, excuse me. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. It's surprising. And Derek Wolf was just ruled out as well, one of their best interior defenders. So this is a defensive line that got manhandled the last time we saw it by the Oakland offensive line. And while that's a fantastic offensive line, the Saints aren't up to that level. I still think both guys will be able to get it done. And then on the flip side, the uh, Saints allow the second-highest yards per target in the league to running backs with over nine yards per target. Mm. And uh, we know both Booker and we saw Capri Bibbs are capable pass catchers out of the backfield. And if the Denver ends up playing catch-up a little bit because it's the Saints team at home, I think both guys will be in good spots. And, uh, Harmon, you wrote up uh, Michael Thomas against the Denver for next-gen stats. You want to jump in on that a little bit? Yeah, it's it's a tough proposition because Chris Harris has pretty much strictly been playing at right cornerback, which he's going to put him against. Uh, and he's been particularly playing there since Aqib Tlaib has gone out. Over 72% of his snaps have come at right cornerback, which will pay, put him against – Michael Thomas at left wide receiver. So I think that's going to be the Thomas's toughest test so far. So I don't know. It's it's still pretty much the no-fly zone for me. I'm not super excited about Thomas. Brandon Cooks is going to see a lot of Bradley Roby, who ran a 4-3-9 coming out of college. I think he can cover Brandon Cooks, but how do you sit Cooks at home? I don't know. Uh, and Willie Sneed is interesting to me because I think – with Chris Harris having to stay outside because of Tlaib's absence and Bradley Roby moving to left cornerback, I think that Snead's in a pretty good position for a big game against the middle-of-the-field coverage for Denver, which has been a little bit of a weakness at times. L.A., we're going to stay with you, Harmon. L.A. at New York, taking on the Jets. What are you watching for in that game? I mean, this game, probably going to be gross, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick hurt. Uh, you know, like, I, I just, I don't. Angled hurt, by the way. Mangold, yeah, he's not even—he's already ruled out, right? Yeah, I think so. so. I don't—I don't know. It's—it's it's, to me like 
with the only one on the Jets that I really want to play with any excitement, well, not even excitement, but just want to play is Brandon Marshall. I mean, you probably have to play Matt Forte, of course, because he's just been such a workhorse most of the season. But on the Rams' side, what's interesting to me is I think Lance Kendricks is a really good streaming tight end this week. And yeah. I know that kind of feels like point chasing after he had 12 targets and 90 yards last week. He could have even had a touchdown, but he dropped it, of course, because he's not that good. Uh, but he's played on 86% of the team's snaps the last three weeks. He's had target totals of 8, 9, and 12 in that span, and the Jets give up the six most targets per game to tight ends on the season. So if you need a streaming tight end, probably not a huge upside guy, but I think Kendricks can give you a floor. Also, don't mind double downing, doubling down on Brian Quick after whiffing on it last week. He's still the deep threat in the offense, and the Jets cannot defend the deep pass game. It's true. Kenny, I don't think Kenny Britt's a bad play either. In no, 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 no. Me, me, me neither. He's I, been I Mr. Consistent in that passing attack. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I get a lot of Kenny Britt questions on my timeline. I'm always like, hey, these – Actually, not bad. Uh, Green Bay at Tennessee. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Definitely want to look at the quarterbacks in this one. I mean, I know that's not necessarily saying a whole lot when one of the quarterbacks is Aaron Rodgers. Sure. But, you know, the the Titans. Homer. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Um, the Titans have been very vulnerable against quarterbacks the last few weeks. But I also look at it, one, because Marcus Mariota obviously has played very good football recently. But also because, you know, at the start of the year, there's you know, obviously a lot of hand-wringing over the Packer offense. Yes. The last few weeks the Packer defense has been vulnerable. They've given up 30 points or more in three of their last four games. Clay Matthews is looks like what he may be Officially out again this out. week. Okay, So out. he's already ruled out this week. So that's another big loss, another big piece that continues to be missing from the Packer defense. And I just think we've seen Marcus Mariota get a lot more comfortable in this offense in the last few weeks, not only throwing the football, but he is starting to run a little bit more as well, which is something we thought he would do last year, and he didn't. But that makes him a lot more dangerous. Obviously, the Titans are a very run-heavy team, and this is a game that very sneakily could end up as a shootout this week. Hmm. All right. Atlanta? 100%, 100% agree. Mariota, also for the record, has yes. 15 touchdowns and just uh, – three interceptions. Well, two of them are on the ground. So he has 15, uh, 15 touchdowns and five turnovers in the last five weeks. That's not bad. That's not You'll bad. Take that. Nope. You'll take that all day long. Uh, Atlanta taking on Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, Gelhar, what you got? Uh, this is, is a week for Darren Sproles, I think. Uh, franchise wrote him up as one of his Aaron Ground uh, matchup players, but he's out-snapped Ryan Matthews 121-16 to 16 the last two weeks. Doug Peterson came out and said, yeah, I guess Darren Sproles is our lead back. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah, right. Uh, Atlanta (laughs) has allowed the most receiving yards to running backs, too. And this is a game where we would expect the Atlanta offense to get a lead on Philadelphia, even though their defense has been great. And I think actually might be number one in football outsiders DVOA. No defense has really slowed Atlanta's offense yet. So if they're if the Eagles are trying to play catch up or chasing points, Darren Sproles is the top back to play on third downs and it'd be a pass catching option. I think he's a great guy there. Uh, we mentioned Jordan Matthews a little bit. I think he's a strong play. You're starting Devonta Freeman, Julio Jones, all that jazz. There you go. Um, and and that's about it. There you go. Minnesota at Washington. Matt Harmon looks like a gross game on paper. Yeah, but I think this game is interesting for a few players. I think Steph- I'm excited about this game. Are you? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I think that the Vikings offense is interesting to talk about right now because with the complete 
an utter collapse of their offensive line. And now Pat Shermer, instead of North Turner, being yeah. the offensive coordinator, we saw a short, pretty short, drastic short. change. I mean, if you just look at the route charts from Stefan Diggs' week two explosion to his 13-catch 80-yard game last week, it's just completely different. Just all short routes. Uh, Bradford averaged just 3.9 air yards on his completions against the Lions. That's ridiculous ridiculously low. I mean, it's 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 insane. He's getting rid of the ball in an average of 2.25 seconds. And so I think that quick strike passing game, though, does benefit Diggs, who played a season-high snaps in the slot last week, which should put him away from Josh Norman. Yeah. Still really like Diggs as a start. Don't really like anybody else in the Vikings offense. I think that's pretty clear. Kyle Rudolph, I think, only had one catch last week. And that's like a Norv Turner thing to to be a tight end guy. So right. th- that I'm a little bit nervous about that. But uh, And then on Washington's side, I mean – Rob Kelly, I think, is in a good position this week. He's not a great play to me. I still think there's not a ton of clarity in that backfield. But Clearly, you didn't listen to Franchise. Duh. Yeah, but Franchise <laughs> and I also went on the network and trashed Rob Kelly, so I don't know what the <laughs> hell is. I don't know where his – That was before his, his good game across the pond, though. No, that was after the game. Oh, it was? Oh, but whatever. it was yeah, so it was it was in the vibe. I so I don't know where the hell franchise is right now, but that's fine. He's pantsless in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I realize you're going to hear about this on Sunday <laughs> when oh. he listens to this podcast. I know, and I don't care. <laughs> uh, and then, but on the on Washington's passing game side, kind of like Kirk Cousins against this defense. Do you? Because they're weak in the middle of the field, man, and that is where Washington is strongest. I think they can just pick them apart down the field with Jordan Reed who leads the NFL in targets per game among tight ends, and Jameson Crowder, who leads the team in receiving yards. Yeah. Shockingly, I yeah. think those two guys are still pretty good plays. Maybe there are right. better streamers than Kirk Cousins, but whatever. My one concern is that I Nexion Stats had pulled this up for me, that uh, the Vikings have allowed the fewest uh, yards and receptions to wide receivers out of the slot. Um, I don't think they faced exactly a murderer's row of slot-wide receivers, so you have to wonder if uh, strength versus strength, if the Cousins-Crowder connection beats that especially with uh, some people being banged up on the or not playing as well as I should be on the, it just the, feels like one of those three interception Kirk Cousin games where one of the, be. It's, it's like a 13 to 7 game could, it could it could be uh, I just that think is it, in the that is in the range of outcomes fa- uh, fantasy aside why I'm interested in this game is because yes. this is two teams that are right now in the thick of the playoff race that have some questions oh look and, at you bring in real football and I would I can't I'm interested to see him go head to head I like it yeah. Houston taking on Jacksonville MG what you got this game is gross oh my god this is terrible <laughs> this game is yeah. super is, gross yeah, it's nasty um you know first off uh, you know note to DeAndre Hopkins you are challenging you're saying you would welcome being shadowed and followed all over the field by Jalen Ramsey Uh um look Jalen Ramsey has erased a number of quality wide receivers this year and DeAndre Hopkins has to realize that with the quarterback situation being what it is in Houston you're already playing with one hand tied behind your back so good luck to you um, luck, have fun with that. Uh, uh, I mean, the guy I'm really keeping an eye on in this one is Lamar Miller. The Jaguar run defense has been sort of middle of the road most absolutely. of the year. Um, yep. Not great, not terrible, just kind of there. Uh, but the word coming out of Houston this week is that they still look for Miller to be a workhorse. He's still nursing that shoulder injury, as we right. talked about earlier. But they still expect him to be a workhorse, and this is a guy who's averaged about 22 touches per game, partially because of his ability, partially because the quarterback has not been very good there. But I would think that if he continues to get that kind of volume against a fairly average run defense, and especially because Miller can catch the ball out of the backfield, there's a chance for him to be very productive this week. So, you know, I, I like him as an RB2 potentially, in week 10 um beyond that 
there's nothing else about this game that really excites me. You know, I'm keeping an eye on Alan Hearns to see you know, what his situation is as he goes through the concussion protocol. If no way, Rob. To play. Uh, but I think, well, I think if Hearns doesn't play, then those targets kind of get split up between Alan Robinson and Marquise Lee. But I don't. I, I don't think, envision I think Hearns a huge has been cleared though, right? Uh, I know he was he was limited in practice on Thursday, um, but he still hadn't gone through all the steps of the protocol to right. officially be cleared. So I think we're going to be waiting on this one probably till uh, Sunday morning. Um, I, like, I like Chris Ivory in this game. Do you? Yeah, and I I mean I'm what? not I have not been about Chris Ivory at all this year. No, you have not. No, but. He was a pretty big factor in, and I don't always like take coach speak to be a big thing, but look, Nathaniel Hackett said, I want to come out and, and make the running game a focus. Chris Ivory had a season high, 18 carries, popped off 107 yards against the Chiefs last week. The Texans' run defense has not been good in the absence of Shock, one of the best players in the game, and J.J. Watt. They are Football Outsiders' 28th ranked run defense on the season, and they've allowed 4.9 yards per carry over the last month. Interesting. I really think this could be. I mean, it's playing with fire because it's still a committee backfield, and Chris Ivory is like, you know, whatever. And but, there's the Bortles factor. Yeah, I mean, Bortles could screw this up pretty quickly, but it is in ja- <laughs> but it is in Jacksonville at least. I mean, if Bortles throws two pick sixes in the first quarter, goodbye, Chris Ivory. True, That's true, funny. true that, no doubt. But I mean, that was we kind of saw that happen yeah, last yeah, week, yeah. and and Chris Ivory still got 18 carries. So I, I think that if you have him and, and you need some help at running back, it's I not think a bad it's call. A good week for him. Uh, also, let's not forget about CJ Fagronkowitz, Fedor, oh, whatever you want to call him. True. Uh, over the oh, last five weeks, on. over the last five weeks, he has over eighteen percent of the oh. targets, and he has fifty percent of Brock Osweiler's touchdowns. Doesn't he lead the team in like every relevant receiving category except targets? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty Holy sure that's accurate. Hell, that's bad. But his target totals the last five weeks have been five, eight, seven, seven, seven. Yeah, like that's fantastic. That's for a awesome tight end. for tight end. Yeah, and like you know, Marcus is trashing on PPR, but four, four, six, five, five for his catches. With three good. touchdowns spread out, that's in that efficiency. Span. Yeah. That's he like that he's, he's this year's Gary Barnage. Okay, Chicago and Tampa Bay. We'll stay with you, Alex Gilhar. What you watching? Oh, uh, what am I watching? Nothing. No, oh, okay. I'm over this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. You was, have been fired. I was distracted. Um, I think that this is a game where the number one wide receivers are two of probably the top three or four options on the week. Alshon Jeffrey and Mike Evans. Alshon Jeffrey and Mike Evans. We know the Tampa Bay secondary is bad. Cuddy loves pummeling Jeffrey with targets. Yeah, dude. Uh, And on the flip side, nobody can cover Mike Evans on the Bears. He leads the league in touchdown receptions. I think this could be a sneaky game for Adam Humphreys, too, with uh, Cecil Cecil Shorts seeing – Easy for you to say. (laughs) Seeing a lot of snaps but not doing much with them. Right. Uh, Humphreys slid in and had a decent game last week with Russell Shepard out. Plus – the Bears have struggled against slot recorders, slot receivers. Wow, I'm falling apart at times this year. Shook. Both, both Randall Cobb and Cole Beasley had good days against them. Mm. Uh, running back wise, sure, start Jordan Howard if you want. But this, the Bucks have a pretty good run defense, and then we'll just leave franchises Peyton Barber <laughs> RB one take the, to sit there. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> By the way, oh, Cutler's a good streamer. Though. Oh my god, I love Cutler this week. Definitely love Cutler. This I love both Cutler both QBs week. should probably be pretty good streamers. You know what I'm? You know what I'm feeling though in this game. This is just total gut call. Based off of nothing, I, I'm just scared that Chicago's going to get down there. This is going to be one of
one of those stupid Kadeem Carey, four carry, three touchdown games. Listen. James, why would you put Listen. that evil in the world? <laughs> I, it's going to piss me right off. I, I have seen enough John Fox football in my life to know that is completely within the range of <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, this Jordan Howard as a feature back, is it, it, ain't, it ain't a thing until the, the, the fat lady is sung. Dude, he oh, was like man. this. He was out-snapped the week before his breakout game yes. by Kadeem Carey. Yes. I mean – Nothing. Whatever. I don't even know what to say about the. Uh, by the way, schedule makers, come on, man, help us out a little bit. There's like a bajillion games in the morning, and then there's five. There's like three games that start at 1 p.m. local time here in L.A. I think it was really... so much better last week when it was pretty even. We had like a more even split. Yeah, yeah those God, are the. It's those unbelievable. Are the best. Uh, no, but literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in the morning in the early slate, and then one, two, three games. In the you know, later afternoon. You know what it's like with, with, with this. It's like it's like Stupid. when you really start going hard, like day drinking and partying, like okay. really early in yes. the morning, and you get all those games in, and then you kind of hit that lull in the afternoon. where You're like, oh man, I'm like drunk, but yep. I'm not. You know, and then you realize then, Sunday night football's still there, and you're like, oh and man, like, oh, like, got, nobody's even at this party yet. <laughs> I gotta, I got <laughs> get back out. But then, yeah, it's hard to get back up for it in the afternoon. Oh boy, Miami taking on San Diego. Matt Harmon, what are you watching for? So, I mean, I think the two big storylines, the big storylines in this one is the two running backs. And, I mean, J.H.I. is coming in hot. Yeah. Uh, San Diego's run defense has been good yeah. this year, but especially with Joey Bosa back there. But they have given a ton of production up to the air. To this point, J.H.I. hasn't been, like, a huge factor in the passing game, but that was Just something. 68 receiving yards on the season. Right, but he was a great receiver at Boise, t- Boise State. Yes, he was. And I would love to see if he, he can get involved more. I mean, you're not sitting J.H.I. He's a. No. He's a total animal. He's. I mean, it's it's hard to overstate how awesome he has been, which makes He's me. He's been incredible. Which, considering there are a ton of articles about there, like out in like 2014, 2015, about me talking about JHI, this makes me very, very happy to oh, see. Oh, yeah. Um, and going going to Melvin Gordon's side, I was talking about him a little bit on Twitter today, and, and just as kind of like a existential rant about him like this is the exact example of running backs benefit from chaos more than any other position because he has been great the last three weeks he's had 30 touches per game in each of the last three he leads the nfl in red zone touches among running backs on the season there's no way he has 0.0 percent chance he has this season if danny woodhead doesn't get hurt and that's what i mean by chaos benefiting running backs so i think you roll both these guys out here especially gordon's in a really good spot at home against the dolphins love it and i like the chart i like the chargers passing game players i mean tyrell williams i think is going to be great in this game i like philip rivers in this spot uh, the Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry, if if Henry plays, is going to be a little bit dicier than it was last week. And then on the Dolphins, it's Jarvis Landry, and that's it. Weirdly, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I just have a feeling this could be a really fun game to watch this week. Mm, I think interesting. If those two backs start like trading blows, I think it'll be great. Is lo- the only reason I think it could turn into a into a Garbo game pretty quick is if the Chargers build a big lead on the Dolphins and then we see Ryan Tannehill throw for Yeah, the whole reason yeah, that's Ajayi fun. has ascended is because Adam Gase has taken the ball out of Tannehill's hands. Completely and true. He even said in the news this week, like, he's told his coaches, don't ever let me go away from Ajayi, and if they have to go, oh, man. that's going to that's gonna spin things in a bad direction. That, 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 that makes me smile for, one, being a total Ajayi fan and also just, like, a coach being like, look, I might do something stupid. Don't let me do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the one thing I worry about with Philip Rivers in this game, you mentioned those running backs, and they've, they've leaned, both have leaned heavily on the run game. There's no question about it. And, and I know it's Phillip's team, but 
That clock is going to go fast. Uh, I just don't know how many opportunities he's going to have, especially in that red zone. I'm a little bit worried about Phillip Rivers, even though I know it's his offense, it's his team, and he will sling it. There is no question. It's just that when that clock starts getting milked that fast, I just I have concerns. It's it's exactly why we've talked about Dallas uh, being uh, not a great play uh, in terms of going against their defense, even though their personnel's not that great. They That's just fair. lead that clock. That's fair. Uh, pretty hard. San Francisco at Arizona. MG, what are you watching for? Uh, first off, I'm watching to see if the Niners can stay within three touchdowns of this thing. Interesting. Um, obviously, David. I think they do. I mean, sure. Why not? Okay. All Let's right. whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> like. All putting, the DJ putting and all Johnson the DJ in your lineup against a historically <laughs> bad run defense will be the easiest decision you oh, have to make. Man. Maybe in 2016, bro. Like, does he go? Does he go for more or less than 22? It's oh, more, more. Hmm, is man. it? Is he? Is he the best back or is he the greatest back? <laughs> I mean, that's the only dispute. So the one thing though, I am looking at because on paper, everything. Every Cardinal looks like a good start this week. I do worry a little bit about Carson Palmer and the guys in the passing game in the sense that if they jump out to a big lead, which, again, is possible, sure. that they may not have to lean on them. So I do like Carson Palmer potentially as a sleeper start. I guess, can you make him a sleeper? I don't know. But yeah, as a start this so. week. Um, but also keep in mind that you know, if things get out of hand early, that he may not put up as many yards and touchdowns as you want. So you want you want him to get that production early in the ball game, and then let David Johnson kind of salt this thing away, or if anything, have Carson Palmer throw the ball to David Johnson mm. and have it have it go that direction. <laughs> there you go. Because um, you did, I, I did mention by the way the Quentin Patton as a, a deep sleeper. I guess you can maybe lump Jeremy Curley into that as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I know that Carlos Hyde is still trying to fight his way back and potentially play this week. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like him. I, I mean, just to have him go out there and not be 100% against this Cardinal defense doesn't seem all that appealing to not me. Not 100%. It's a terrible matchup. Right. There's not um, a lot of good things you know. And, and, again, you know, Dewan Harris, I, you know, again, I don't. I just don't like any of the running backs in this game for the 49ers. I, I just I just want to share a, a good quote from uh, from Evan Silva on, on his podcast this week. He, okay. His exact words were, if, if David Johnson doesn't just crush it, in in this spot, then I don't even know why we're doing this. And I, that's a, just a perfect example because couldn't you just see, you know, and I don't take this as real analysis, but couldn't you see just some BS as like David Johnson finishes this game with like eight points or some stupid thing like just that? Just 80 yards, oh, yeah. just, no touchdown. Just, be, just because. Just because life sucks. Like You know why Jermaine Gresham's going to have two red zone touchdowns? Just because – Two play action fakes to David Johnson, <laughs> and Jermaine Gresham's just standing yep. there in the end Hello. zone to catch it. <laughs> there you go. Carson Palmer throws three touchdowns. They get up 21, maybe 27 to nothing. 27 to nothing in the right? fourth quarter, and DJ just sits. Just some stupid – I might quit if that happens. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a great – like, that's why the quote just made – like, it made me laugh when I actually was listening to it. It's just like – why, why are we even doing this? <laughs> By the way, uh, Adam Rank, spoiler alert on the Fantasy Danger Zone, but uh, Adam Rank has Andre Ellington as his uh, deep sleeper this week because that's how out of hand he's <laughs> – That's that's not a bad call, man. Andre that is Ellington. not a bad call. So now that, we, now that we've all pretty much assumed this is going to happen, the Niners will be within three like late I know in the it. quarter. You know I know it. Oh, Don't be surprised. <laughs> I'm just saying. Dallas at Pittsburgh. Gelhar, what you got? 
Uh, well, one uh, player I really like in this matchup is Cole Beasley. Uh, and Jason Witten could have another decent week against Pittsburgh per our next-gen stats packet. Ooh, here we go. Uh, the Steelers uh, allow the fifth most receptions out of the slot to wide receivers, uh, 49 versus a 40 NFL average, and also allow the fifth most receptions allowed to tight ends out of the slot with 23, seven above the league average. So I think with So what the, you're telling me is Gavin Escobar. Get out of here. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we know we're starting Zeke. We know, we know we're starting Brown. I already talked to Eli Rogers. Uh, yeah. that, that Bell guy is pretty good. What about Coates? Well, he's there. I just shrug emojied. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was good radio. Uh, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about Coates? I don't have a good feeling about him. Uh, this I, week. I don't know. I think that I wouldn't be surprised if, if this game – By the way, Pittsburgh at home. It, it is it, the home it, game. You know, Pittsburgh at home. Coates played a lot last week. He dropped a touchdown, obviously. That's what he does. I, <laughs> I, could, I could certainly see this, though, still. The, the deep game usage is there. Ben Roethlisberger looks better in his second week back. Yeah. I could see this being a big Coates week. I think in you – know, I don't hate it. In, yeah, Roethlisberger does lead the league also per next gen stats in deep pass attempts of oh, yes. 20 plus yards. Oh, yes. He has 48 on the year. Holy hell. And those go to Coates, man. And like, l- like Wheaton's out. Hayward Bay is out. Yeah. They need somebody else to step up other than Antonio Brown. Yeah, but don't be surprised if A.B. just gets crazy. Oh, yeah, I think this big, big week for him. All right, Seattle taking on New England. Matt Harmon, what do you got? This game, I think, is going to be really fun to watch. I also think that we have a pretty clear idea of how New England is going to play this one. Again, this this comes from Evan Silva, who owes me like 50 bucks for t- naming him twice on this show. Because nobody's ever heard of him before. Really. Who? <laughs> Low, you know, not, no, a, ma- not, a, main, not a mainstream guy. Yeah. Silva's the GOAT. But uh, he he noted in his matchups column that uh, New England has totaled 50 and 58 pass attempts in their last two meetings with Seattle over the last five years. Their running backs only touch, or only carried the ball 18 and 26 times. That's so games. weird, considering during the Legion of Boom. It just doesn't make sense. But you can pick on Seattle in the middle of the field. I mean, we, we noted last season that that was a thing you could do. Remember, Marcus Wheaton ripped him up from the slot for right. 200 yards. Last week, Robert Woods just went berserk. Like, had a career 160-yard game. He got 131 of those yards. Seriously, where the hell did that USC come from? USC wide receivers, am I right? <laughs> am I right? Am I right? Am I right? He got, a, he got 81% of those yards when he was lined up in the slot. So I think this is a pretty good game for Julian Edelman. I think it's obviously a big game for Gronk. So don't be afraid just because your Patriots are, are playing Seattle about guys like Brady, Gronk. And, okay. I mean, I think Martellus Bennett, if you if you are in need of tight end help, is good. You know, LeGarrette Blunt might finally see his streak of uh, touchdowns in every game that Tom Brady plays come to an end with Trends. his lack of opportunities. But at the same time, I mean, he's a, he's a TD threat every week. I have, I have a tough time sitting him. And then on Seattle's side, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot for Seattle, I think. They're coming off a short week on Monday night. Right. They're going across the country. We really don't have any clarity in the backfield. They say C.J. Procise is going to play more, but – like that could just mean he's going to have seven touches instead of like two or whatever, okay. you know. So, who knows? And you kind of know. I, I, I'm. I want to watch the way they defend Jimmy Graham because I think we know Belichick always likes to take away the top threat, and I think that's going to be Jimmy Graham this week. So, like, you still play Jimmy Graham, but don't be surprised if you're disappointed at the end of this game. Man, it's going to be a great, fun game to watch. I think. I yes. mean, you're talking about prime time Sunday night football. It's it's in New England. The fans are going to be rabid. They know about the whole Super Bowl history. It was a dope Super Bowl when they played, too. Man. Apparently, uh, I didn't read it, but I think uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo wrote a a little think piece about how that's 
possibly the greatest game in NFL history. Interesting. Ooh, it's and, not bad. And uh, It's uh, not bad. It's definitely some, one of the most memorable. As somebody who was there not trying to humble brag, it was probably the <laughs> best football game I've ever witnessed in person. Yeah, I'm not good. trying to humble brag. Here's a humble brag. Okay, Cincinnati at New York. <laughs> and there was no way around that. If I didn't address it, you guys would have been like, oh, humble brag. Oh, I was at the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's a good steer into Cincinnati the Cincinnati taking on the Giants. They're going to be in New York. MG, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm really watching Paul Perkins in this one. Um, Paulie oh, P. Oh, oh. I'm not, not like, before, but hear me out, Harmon. I know, Paul I know where you're going with this. Uh, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that he's going to jump in and be some sort of fantasy stud. I am. But oh, go Jesus get it. Christ. I want to see <laughs> how they start to because obviously Rashad Jennings is not the answer. He's just not. I mean, his his numbers, his production, his usage have all been bad. This is turning into uh, more of a committee situation, and Perkins is starting to get more burn in this offense. Right. So I want to take a look at him and see how the Giants are deploying him, if he's going to actually start to get more snaps and more touches. This is a guy that, at best, I'm advocating as a pickup and stash just to see how things go the rest of the year, but I can't just advocate you grabbing Paul Perkins and throwing him in your lineup this week. Um you know, I, I still want to believe in the Giants passing game, even though it hasn't really given me much reason to do so. Okay. Uh, I mean, that means I think you can still believe in OBJ. But, I mean, let's be honest. Looking around, Odell Beckham, production-wise, has been the equivalent of Terrell Pryor, which is fine for Terrell oh. Pryor. It's not what you were expecting from Beckham this year. Holy hell. Um, and that has a lot to do with, you know, the passing game being a true? short passing Do they have similar numbers? They have similar fantasy numbers, at oh, least. Man, yeah. Terrell rough. Pryor was, a, uh, yeah, this was before Thursday night's game, was a top 10 scoring wide receiver in PPR and standard leagues. Huh. You know, so. Money. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great for a guy that was supposed to, you know, that was a converted quarterback, uh, yeah. you know, that nobody was expecting much from. It's different, though, when you're talking about a guy that you drafted, you know, late right. first round. Possibly uh, one overall. I was going to say, right. he was, he, I would have taken him at one overall if I, I was on the board. So there you go. Um, you know, but I think I think it also completely diminishes Sterling Shepard. Uh, you know, Victor Cruz, depending on what his injury status is, not going to really be much of anything. Sounds like he's not going to play Victor Cruz. Um, yeah, the, I don't. I think he's pretty much doubtful. Roger Lewis hype. Oh, stop, oh boy, stop. <laughs> uh, for the Bengals, you know, AJ Green will it. continue to be AJ Green. He'll be go fine. Uh, I worry a little bit about Andy Dalton. Um, who has very quietly put together a very nice fantasy season. Uh, but I, I worry about his production a little bit this week against that Giants defense. And do you like any of the backs? I just don't know what to do with them. Yeah. yeah. I continue to not know what to do. I, I, I actually got it right the one uh, a couple weeks ago when the I Giants had Jeremy been, Hill. Uh, the Giants have been sneaky good against the run, too. They have. Uh, I, I think I got it right a couple weeks ago when I when I pegged the Jeremy Hill game. Um, that was against Cleveland, so, you know. Take that for what it's worth. It was Cleveland. Uh, but this week, I just, I'm just i back to not knowing yeah. what to do with this group. All right. There you go. Let's do Daily Daps and get out. Oh, real quick. Sorry. Yes. Tyler Eifert in this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Tyler Eifert. Huge ceiling. I yeah? think. Like, he finally, uh, before their bye, got back up to like playing 70 or 80% of the snaps. This week, he should be all over the place. And the Giants, it hasn't borne out in the stats yet this season, but they still struggle in the middle of the field at times covering guys. And Tyler Eifert is just uncoverable in the red zone. So if they get there, I, I would not be surprised if he has two touchdowns this week. I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. I've been waiting on him. There you go. All right. Let's do Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily As I watch Matt Harmon furiously scramble around trying to figure out what the hell he's going to dap, I will go to him first. Matt Harmon, what you got? 
tradition unlike any other, Harmon being, <laughs> being unprepared for the one segment we do every show. Uh, sorry, I'm busy preparing great nuggets and statistics for our listeners to benefit for the reason that they so came here. Just, Can you stop snap, stalling and just give us a daily snap next-gen stats and be done with it? Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, no, I actually want to, I want to, to dap something. Kind of in the political sphere, but not really. Bear with okay. me here. All right. I think one, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough week for for a lot of people, and and you know, for for reasons, you know, this, that, and the other. Uh, but one thing I have found pretty enjoyable is if you just go on Twitter and search Biden and Obama, you get some really oh, those just the meme really when he's good. He's got his like hand on yeah. his shoulder. It's there so have been funny. some very funny memes of those two. Uh, and that that's actually like something that, that like, has been a trend for a while. Like just uh, Biden being like a total jokester and just Obama just doing the side thing. I find those to be very funny. It's Biden, like I don't know if any vice presidential candidate ever got caught in as many hilarious facial expressions yeah. as Biden did. Right. Yeah. In like the strangest moments. Or how about him just dropping f bombs? That too. It's great. I I like these it, when they said Joe's never lost an election and he did the the Catholic thing. There. Yeah. <laughs> So those those are funny. So I'm gonna give a daily dap to those. I yeah, because I, I just saw one on my timeline two minutes ago. I saw some really good ones uh, earlier this week. Alex Gelhard, we go to you, the whiz kid from Wisconsin. Daily daps. Uh, first daily dap, and by the time many of you listen to this, uh, they will probably be playing or have won or lost. But Team USA is playing a big World Cup qualifying game today Ooh. in Columbus, Ohio, against Mexico. Mexico. Uh, big start of their World Cup qualifying run here in the in the hexes. It's called. They have Mexico and Costa Rica, two of the best teams in the the region. So it'll be important for them to scoop up some much needed points to qualify for 2018. So go Team USA and it's uh, the other football. The other football. All right. Also, daily daps to an app called Pocket. Pocket. Uh, coworker and friend uh, Jason Hershorn recommended okay. it to Harmon and me. What it is, it's basically oh, yeah. it's an extension you add to your browser, to Twitter, to anything. Okay. Whenever you see a link that you want to read, you just send it to Pocket. And then what it does is you can read it without an internet connection. It saves just the hard file of it oh, as okay. well on your phone. So if you're on a flight and you don't have Wi-Fi, boom, you got all the stuff you're on there. If you're on the can, boom, you can read. If you're waiting for the bus, whatever. All these things don't need an internet connection, won't waste data, oh, cool. and it's super useful because I always used to try to – I have so many things on my bookmark bar right. liked in Twitter that I'm never going to find again, Yep. and this takes it all into one easy to sort of thing. I was always like, yeah, I should get one of those, and people would talk about it. But I, was like, I was like, I have the likes. I have my bookmarks. This is so much easier. Okay. And then last, quickly, uh, it is Veterans Day after all, so That's daily daps to all the men and women that have served and, you know, sacrificed so much for our country. Atta, as, baby. You know, as we're, the country is divided over a lot of things right now, we should all be united in our support of the veterans. I do agree with that. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago the excitement I had over the potential or the prospect or the, you know, very near future of a new final a tribe called quest album mm. uh i have given it one full listen through and oh my god it's amazing oh okay i thought you were gonna, <laughs> i thought you were gonna go the other way no. <laughs> i know i was like what no it is it oh, okay. is incredible oh, uh literally 60 seconds in and i was i was on board fully on board nice. um but nice, on nice. Spotify? it is on spotify uh the name of it is actually you're better off just searching a tribe called Quest. There but you the, go. the name of it is for public record. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. So it's a little bit of a mouthful. Cool. But uh, a lot of cameos. Uh, Busta Rhymes comes back. There's Elton Busta John. Rhyme? Busta Rhymes on a couple songs. Uh, you know, uh, 
Kendrick Lamar, Anderson Pock, Elton John. Elton uh, John. Yeah, so there are a lot of They've a got lot royalty of cameos. And unless you think, because obviously we know that that Five Dog died earlier this year. It's not a bunch of recycled uh, verses of his. These are things that they did, you know, starting like a year ago after they had a reunion show on, I believe it was Fallon? I mean, I may have that wrong. But they did a reunion show uh, about a year ago. They decided to get back in the studio, do an album. And uh, what you see or hear released today is oh. the, uh, the so product of that. So we got it from here. Thank you for your service. Yes. Just the easy-to-remember acronym of W-G-I-F-H-T-Y-F-Y-S. <laughs> uh, yes. Actually, T-Y-4-Y-S. Oh. The, it's the number four. Damn it. T-Y-4-Y-S. Okay. I got I, I to update that. <laughs> oh, man. I'll give use it. the hashtag W-G-I-F-H-T-Y-4-Y-S. <laughs> Join in the conversation. Oh, with my gosh. I love it. All right. Uh, daily daps to Jeff Tedford. He, he's been kind of bouncing around the football world, uh, even CFL style. But uh, he's back in the college ranks where he belongs. I, I love the guy. Obviously, he was uh, brought Cal back to preeminence, which was great. I thought he got a raw deal uh, after helping secure a lot of funding for the school, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, he's hey, back at Memorial Fresno Stadium State. doesn't get renovated unless Jeff Tedford is doing what he did. I totally agree. First of all, yeah, I mean, I, I could go on to a 30-minute dissertation about this, but that's fine. Jeff Tedford is back in college. He's going to be the new head man over there at Fresno State, so he'll be back in California. He's going to be recruiting hard uh, in a state that he knows very well. Probably means bad things uh, for UCLA, USC. In a community he knows yeah. very well, by the way. He was, he was the OC at Fresno State for a number of years. I think he played quarterback there, I too. believe he did, actually, yes. Uh, you're correct. So, yes. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Jeff Tedford, welcome back to college football. It's going to be great seeing you on the sideline again. Just thinking about him brought back so many great memories of ba- uh, of when Cal was actually uh, a respectable program, uh, which they are not right now. Including that time that uh, Aaron Rodgers had first and goal from the 10 at the Coliseum and took four I shots and didn't it. score a winning touchdown. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> um, hey, on a brighter note, I, so I saw that those Marshawn Lynch bobbleheads of him on the cart yeah. are, were only like 150 bucks on eBay right now. That's, That's it? Great. I know. I was like that. I was like the sad thing was I was like I'd probably do that's, that. That's that's almost he's the he's the realest dude in the whole world. He's so great. So by the way, I don't know if you saw he was actually on the cart again the other day. Yeah, I did see that with his mom. Yeah, and he's like driving the cart around on the field with no, his no, mom. No, I know. He, he almost he almost killed a, a band member. <laughs> he is a national great. treasure, and he I is, miss he's him being in the NFL. He's he's the absolute. Best. <laughs> uh, by the way, there's no chance he's returning to the NFL. Uh, he is huge. I mean, he's already a bigger dude, but. You know, I think he's enjoying. Look, it. man, when you're not running out there every day and you're still pounding skittles with reckless abandon, <laughs> that sugar's gonna add up. Uh, and finally, I'll give a daily daps uh, to fantasy sports because, again, it's been a uh, tumultuous time uh, here stateside. And I, re- you know, it's it's interesting. Like I found myself finding great solace uh, in fantasy sports. I, I was hitting the waiver wire and just kind of. You know, kind of taking it all in. You know, I've got this whole basketball thing now too. So, like, been watching a lot of basketball and just, just sports in general, man. It's just been good. And just to find a a, a relief in fantasy sports, uh, it's been great. Yep. So there you go. All right. So that's your show for the franchise on the phone for the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, MG, my guy Marcus Grant, Matt Harmon. I'm James Go. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 